0: morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, it's breakfast somewhere, so eat up. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny, Food for Thought. Does the world need more music? Does the world need new music? Does the world need your music? Yes, it does. The end. There. That's the shortest episode I've ever heard or done. But if you want to know why I say this, feel free to stay with me here. One of the things that I seem to keep hearing from time to time is this idea that the world doesn't need any more new music. It doesn't need yours. And at least one of the reasons behind it is a psychological one, meaning that the reasoning is addressing the person who wants to create and put their music out there versus giving an explanation of why Uh, There doesn't need to be any more new music. And the reasoning that is spoken to the person intent on putting out their music is a psychological one. That if you can get comfortable with the idea that nobody or the world needs your music, then you could be freed from the shackles of your ego and just freely create without a care in the world about whether or not you or anyone else's music is needed or necessary and create just for the love of it. I say bollocks to that. Why? Because often implicit in the creation is the love of it, but that's not the primary reason. It's because that psychological mind twist is unnecessary and diversionary. It just is. Who cares if a great songwriter or a composer's ego is the size of Jupiter or the size of a pea, especially if they make great music? It doesn't matter. Why? Because the essence of why we do this is to create. Period. Full stop. We do it to create because we all have the creative urge in us. It's an integral part of who we are as a species, as humans. It's an integral part of humanity and our shared humanity. Another thing is that I could reframe the statement, well, the world doesn't need new or your music, and say that's the wrong statement or the wrong question. It's not about if the world needs it or not. It's about us needing to create. A person's inflated ego or insecure ego is really a filter in light of all that. The primary thing is to create. The ego or the filters may and often can direct how the creation is made or how it sounds or looks or manifests. And in the case of music, a particular audience identifies with that. People who have the same tendencies will listen to artists who reflect their own tendencies or makeup or outlook. And so it goes with art, etc. The creative urge is such a primal and integral part of who we are as a species, that to try to squelch it is like killing. It kills the spirit. I'm not one to endorse particular psychological ideologies or the like here, but I believe it was Freud who said that there was a creative urge, which he called eros, and another, I suppose you could say contrary urge, the death wish, which he called thanatos. I'm going to leave that one alone for various reasons because these things can establish entire conversations of their own. But the point is here to point out the creative urge, which is a part of all of us. Do I need to spell it out? Well, maybe I do. That urge is at the core of perpetuating our species survival. That's the most basic and integral part of it. But it also accounts for us creating art and music and architecture and technologies that are useful to us and tools Etc. that we use every day, not just aesthetically, but practically as well. Literature, or what about civil discourse that looks at ideas and exchanges ideas that can offer not only point-counterpoint, but perhaps solutions as a result of that. So when that becomes oppressed or stifled or censored, it could be said that the creative urge itself is being oppressed, that it goes there to the core. So when creativity is stifled, So is individuality, which often can and does contribute to the whole, and then ideas die. When these things happen, homogeneity can occur. And also, if people feel that their own agency is stifled because for no good reason it's deemed wrong or ineffective or unnecessary, then they'll continually look to outside direction and not think for themselves either and become controlled. You think that's a stretch? Think again. It's not. We get tremendous satisfaction from creating something. It wants to come out. Then we share it. We share our excitement about it. Again, hence, it's part of our shared humanity. It may even show us who our friends really are or reveal things about people we didn't know, like who's really supportive of our efforts and who's not. Some may suddenly become envious and that tells us something important about them. We don't need manufactured crises to tell us. We can find out in our unimpeded lives when creativity is not suppressed. What if I don't feel creative? It doesn't matter if we feel creative or not. When we speak at all, we're creating something. Language, cave drawings, smoke signals, drums. It goes on and on and on. And as far as the ego is concerned again, taking knocks from people who condemn is not a new phenomenon either. There was a book published quite a few years ago by Nicholas Slinimsky called the Lexicon of Musical Invective. Inside that book are literally hundreds upon hundreds of examples, spending many years of responses to hearing music, new music, such as, for example, the Rite of Spring. There's an article cited in the book. It may have been a newspaper re- review. I don't I don't rem- remember offhand exactly what it was. I would have to refer to it, but it's just to illustrate something here, not, not to claim exact sources. Anyway, it said something in response uh, to hearing the Rite of Spring for the first time. Something like, you call this music, and on and on and on. So the book is filled to the brim with things like that. Filled with responses to some great, great music, some of the greatest music ever written. Did that stop the composers? Of course not. Who cares? That music lives on and moves people. The invective doesn't. Unless you seek it out somewhere, like in that book written to reveal it. Nothing that they said could kill the majesty of all that great music. Nothing. So there. I remember once taking a trip to Japan for some concerts, and my colleague and I happened to meet a few Japanese car designers on the flight. I don't remember how the conversation got even got started, but... I remember that one of them was so excited because he just bought a new Mesa Boogie amplifier and bought some other gear and was telling us about it. So we told them what we did and where and when our concerts were and they wanted to attend. So it was in Tokyo and they lived elsewhere, but they just happened to book themselves into the same hotel that we were in. So it so happened that we went to their suite and they showed us the following year's car designs that they were working on. They didn't tell us details or who the manufacturer was, and it was confidential. But they were able to share some with us. But then they played us their music. This was the real core of it all. Now, I realize that there's an element of subjectivity to liking or disliking music or the aesthetic of it, the previous book that I mentioned notwithstanding. But there's also hearing it with a trained ear and being able to identify certain things, then the plot thickens. Do we then dislike it simply because of an ostensible lack of particular skill sets which seem to be missing in the music? Or do we listen with that ability, but also with an open mind, so that we can glean other insights to it, and perhaps even alter our enjoyment or lack of it or our opinions of it? Well, we did the latter, and we were astonished at how fresh and unencumbered it sounded. It reflected an unabashed sort of joy and being in the moment, and all sorts of revelations like that to us. They were not professionals. They just wanted to create, and then they shared it with us. And they did so with no expectation of approval or any care of rejection. They just innocently didn't care. They just joyfully shared, and we got the message of the music, the emotive content of it. We got it, and it was wonderful. It was great. It did what it was made to do. It conveyed the emotive creativity of these people. It was the result of their creative urge to create, even for no other reason. That doesn't need to be. Nothing stopped them. So be it. And nothing should stop you either. I wish you all creativity and to go and create. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Breakfast with Vinny.